TLR, um, how are we feeling tonight? Y'all good? Cool. It's great to see you guys here. My name's Matt, if we've never met before. Um, thanks for coming out tonight when you have a snow day tomorrow, um, which we're saying snow day with such confidence. Like, let's be real. This is Atlanta, Georgia. We're not getting any snow. Um, we're, it might rain. I don't know. Maybe. Um, we'll see what happens. But Hey, before we dive in tonight, um, I need to tell you what's coming up next Monday night here at the living room. Next Monday night, the living room is going to be an incredible night. It's going to be a special night. Um, Every Monday is a special night, but next Monday is going to truly be like a special night that you do not want to miss. Our lead pastor here at Buckhead Church, Andy Stanley, is going to be with us next week, and it's going to be incredible. Um, He is going to bring a special message that he has been excited to give to you guys, specifically for college students. Um, He's been excited to give this to you for a while now, and it finally works out with the schedule to get him here. If you've never um, heard of Andy Stanley, He's written like literally 35 books. He, he speaks all over the world. Um, he's literally like a global communicator, and he's led our, our network of churches for um, over 20 years. And so it's a real honor that he's going to be here with us. And I'm super, super excited for him to get to come into the living room here at Buckhead Church. He's heard all about what's, what's happening here. He's the biggest fan of the living room. He talks about it all the time. But I am pumped for him to get to come and see in person all that God is doing here at the living room. So I'm telling you, I know you might be tired from Sunday night a big game, um, but, but I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it, and it's a great opportunity for you to invite someone to come to the living room as well, because it's going to be an amazing night, and I can't wait for it next Monday. Don't miss it. It's going to be awesome. But hey, listen, um, one of the things that I love about the living room, and we say this a lot, but we really do believe that this is more than just a Monday night gathering with college-age students. Because the reality is there are many places, you have so many options in the city of Atlanta on a Monday night where you could go and you could hang out and gather with with other people your age. But we think the living room is so much more than that. We think that this is actually a family, that this is a place where you can come and you can connect with people and it's a place where you can belong. In fact, we say this all the time, but maybe it's your first time here tonight and like you've never heard this before, but we like to say, and we really do believe this, that you belong before you believe or even if you never do. And you need to know that. We really do believe that. That's not just like a cute saying, like that's our heart. We feel like you belong here, like you have a family here before you believe any of this. Any of this we were just singing about, what we're gonna be talking about tonight, any of this about Jesus, you might be like, I don't know where my faith is tonight. You belong before you believe, or even if you never do. And so you just need to know that tonight. And if tonight's your first time, which every single week there are some people coming for the very first time and tonight's no different. And if it's your first time, you just need to know you're in a place where we are bought into that. We want this to be a safe place for you to go on a journey of discovering who Jesus is to you. So since we're family, one of the things that I love to do with people in my life who I consider family, who are family, or people I consider close enough to be like family, which is a lot of you, um, all of you, and um, since we're family, one of the things that I do oftentimes with family is, is I do something called life updates, where I'll just like call them on the phone, or if I, they live nearby, like I'll be like, yo, let's meet up, and like, let's just catch up, let's do some life updates, and we'll kind of just share things that are happening. And so I thought it'd be cool to maybe take like the first minute or two tonight and just hear from a couple of you in, in the crowd. And just, do you have a life update? Like maybe it doesn't have to be this long story, but like something like, man, I just got a new job or I did well on a test or I got tickets to the game on Sunday. I don't know what your update is, but does anyone in the crowd have a life update? You shot your hand up immediately. What do you got? It's It's your birthday. Come on. Spending your birthday at the living room. The place to be, my man. What are you, how how old are you today? 20. 20. Okay, come on. You're, You're no longer a teenager. That's, that's, I don't know what that means, but that's awesome. Um, what do you got? 
new job at Apple. Come on. Dang. That's pretty big time. That's big time. Which location? Oh, you work for Apple Care. That's even like next level, I feel like. That's amazing. Um, this is awesome. Wow. I thought it was going to be like, I don't know. I got a B plus on my math test, you know, whatever, um, which would be a great life update. But uh, how about one more, one more, one more right here? You got a new car. Wow. Um, what type of car? Ford Fusion. That's awesome. We got one more in the back. My, yeah, right there, right there, right there. Yeah, hoodie. Yeah, Ty, what's up? Yeah. Come on, became an aunt on January 19th. That is amazing, congratulations. There is no better feeling. Um, maybe when you become a parent, that's a, maybe a better feeling, but being an aunt and uncle is pretty awesome too. That is incredible. This is fun. Um, we should do life updates more often. I think we will. Um, I have a really quick life update for you guys. It's nothing that significant or cool, honestly. I don't even really know why I'm sharing it. It's not really even a life update. It's just kind of a story that happened. Figured while we're on topic, I'll just share it. Um, a couple weeks ago, I used my AAA membership for the very first time. Okay. I thought you guys were going to be more excited, but that's okay. Um, I'll explain. I'll explain. So here's the story, right? I'm eating breakfast at Flying Biscuit, um, and I think they have the best grits in town, like just my opinion. But I'm at Flying Biscuit, and I'm leaving Flying Biscuit, and my car is parked in a parking garage, and it's a really cold day, like 20 degrees, and the garage is like 20 degrees below zero. It's so cold. I'm not dressed appropriately. I have like a rain jacket on. It's not even supposed to rain. I don't know what I'm doing, but I just go out. It was sunny, and so I get there. I'm in the parking garage. I sprint to my car. I get to my car, I sit down, I go to like t start the car, it's not working, I like smack it because that's what guys do when things aren't working, we're just like, you know, I'll fix it, <laughs> you know, and so I go to start it again, it's not working, and I'm like, this isn't good, what am I going to do, like, I don't know anything about car mechanics, this is terrible, and then I remember like, oh, I have this card, this membership that like my mom told me to get like a few years ago, so I pull it out, and sure enough, there's the number on there, and I go to make the phone call, and I don't have reception because I'm in a parking garage, so I got to go down to the ground level, and I'm freezing, and I'm so frustrated, and I call the guy, and He's like, man, I'll be there in like 30 minutes. It'll be cool. I'm like, great. So the guy shows up. We meet up in the garage and he gets there. And immediately I could tell he's pretty frustrated. I'm like, do you know what you're doing? And he's like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I work for AAA. And I'm like, okay, cool. My bad, my bad, you know, chill. And uh, he opens it up and he's like, okay, your battery's dead. But here's why I'm frustrated because I hate when they make engines like this because the battery's hidden back here and like it's so much more work for me and so he's really frustrated so then I'm like trying to be the supporter and I'm like you can do it you know you got this and I'm like yo because I don't know anything I'm like do you need a light and he's like no I don't I, I'm good and so like he's working and then we start to talk and I start to get to know him and he's like it's actually my birthday today and I'm like you want me to sing he's like no I don't I'm like okay cool so he keeps going and eventually eventually he, he fixes it and like I drive away and I'm like that's amazing Moral of the story, I, I still don't know how um, to change my oil. I, I don't know how to pop my hood open. Like, I literally don't. Don't act like I'm the only one. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to change my windshield wipers. Basically, the only thing I know how to do when it comes to, to my vehicle is I know how to put gasoline in the tank. <laughs> And I know how to start the car, okay? That's about it. That's literally it. But what I'm trying to say is now I know how to call AAA. And they can do all of it for me. So basically what I'm getting at is we are making progress. We're making progress, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Five people that are like, that's awesome. Um, have any of you ever watched a sporting event before? And at the end of the game, like usually with the winning team, they interview the coach or like the player of the game. I was watching the Celtics versus the Warriors a couple nights ago. And I'm a Celtics fan, my boy Jason Tatum, St. Louis guy where I'm from. And anyways, the Celtics lost. Um, and at the end of the game, they interviewed Kevin Durant. 
And it was pretty much the same post-game interview that happens every single post-game interview. They ask you a few questions, the guy kind of answers and he tells like, yeah, you know, we did good, we played hard. And then every post-game interview basically can be summed up like this, we're making progress. They're like, yeah, we're doing good. The team's coming together. You know, we're all hitting shots. Guys are settling into the roles. Like, but we got to keep getting better. We got to keep making progress. And do you know why? Isn't it true? I don't have to convince you of this tonight, but progress is essential. In life, progress is essential. In every single area of your life, it is going to be important or even essential for you to make progress. And you learn this from a very, very young age. It's why when you start school, like I'm pretty sure in in preschool even, but for sure, like when you get to kindergarten, what do they do at about the midway point of the year? They give out a progress report and like there's grades on there or like numbers, whatever they do these days. And they're not final, like real grades, but it's like, hey, this is how you're doing. Like this is the progress that you're making. And usually they do like parent teacher conferences at this point and they call your parents in and they're like, hey, here's where your son or daughter is doing well. Here's what they can improve upon. And like, here's how they can get better. Here's what you need to work with them on. They do a progress report. And I love progress because progress assumes that there's a process. It assumes that you're not there yet. It assumes that you still have room to grow. You still have room to develop. You can keep moving forward. And notice it's called a progress report and not a perfection report. And I think there's a reason for that. And I think it's, it's really simple. We don't have to overcomplicate it tonight. I think the reason is it's because perfection is unattainable. Perfection is unattainable. Progress is essential, but perfection is unattainable. And maybe some of you in the room tonight like, are like, yeah, I know some people though who would maybe disagree with that. Like I have you know, a friend who, who's not here tonight. Um, and if they are here tonight, like don't look, that'd be awkward. But maybe you're like, I have a friend and like they would say they're not perfect, but in some areas of life, I think they would try to convince me that they are. And I would just say this, this might sound harsh, but I believe it's true. Um, the people who think they are near perfect are probably the ones who are the furthest away. Like the people that think they're close to being perfect, they're probably the ones that are the furthest away. They're probably the ones with the most work to do. Like if you've ever met a person, I've met some people that feel like they kind of give off the vibe, like that they know everything, that they are perfect, that they've got this all figured out. And they're usually the people that are the most unself-aware. They're usually the people that it's like, man, you you have a lot of work to do. Like you're actually, I'm closer to being perfect than, than you are in this area of life. Like, it's just true. The people who think they're near perfect are likely the furthest away. And I think all of us would agree that perfection is is unattainable. Like, none of us can be perfect. But here's the question I want to ask all of you in the room tonight. And the question I want us to think about for the next few minutes is, if we know that perfection is unattainable, then why do we get so discouraged when we're not perfect? Like, think about it. In relationships, Like you're in in maybe a dating relationship or a a friendship relationship with somebody. And like when it starts to go in in the wrong way, when something happens and the relationship changes and and it's like no longer at the same level it was once at, you start to get really, really discouraged. In your academics, some of you, you have such a high standard of, of perfection in your academics. And when you don't hit that, you can become really, really discouraged financially. In this season of your life, all of you are probably like, yeah, it's not perfect. I'm really, really discouraged. Maybe with your family. Like there is no such thing as a perfect family. 
It, it just doesn't exist. Like there's no perfect parents, there's no perfect siblings, but when something happens in your family, like when you go home over break and your brother or sister says something again, you're like, no, why'd you say that? Or parents get in a fight again, it, you get really, really discouraged when things are no longer perfect like you hoped they would be. Maybe even when it comes to your faith, like when it comes to your faith, maybe you've made commitments before and been like, okay, this is the year, this is the month, this is the season where I'm gonna start doing this, I'm gonna stop doing that, I'm gonna pray more, I'm gonna you know, go to church more, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna cuss anymore, I'm not gonna drink anymore, whatever it is, like you make all these commitments, all these different promises, and then what happens? You're not perfect, you mess up, and you get really, really discouraged. And I think the reason that we get so discouraged when we're not perfect, I think it's because the inability to be perfect means that failure is inevitable. Our inability to be perfect in life means that failure is inevitable. Failure is not an if, it's a when. Like, I know this is gonna sound super, super encouraging tonight. Like, you're gonna be like, man, Matt, thank you so much for sharing this with me. I'm so glad that like I braved the, the winter weather and came out for this, but I just feel like I need to make this really clear to all of you tonight because this is true for every single person in the room, young and old alike, like leaders in the room as well. This is true for you. You are going to fail. You are going to fail. In life, you're gonna fail. Like there's gonna be times when, when you're gonna mess up, times when you're gonna prepare, you're gonna think that, that you've done everything you can possibly do, can do to prepare and be in the best position you can be in, but you're going to fail. But what you need to realize, what I've learned is that failure is a, a prerequisite of progress. Failure is a part of progress. My, my, my daughter, Willow, she's, she's almost four months old. Um, she's here tonight, by the way, which is super awesome. She was in the back rocking her headphones tonight and it was amazing. She's like back there, just getting it, kidding, um, but kind of not kidding. Um, but, but Willow is at this season, not this season, her entire life um, is, has been about progress. Like, um, and in fact, the last couple months, we've been in this season with Willow where uh, we've been doing this thing a lot called tummy time. And so literally, if you don't know about tummy time, what you do is like you just take um, your, your child and you, and you put them like on a mat, preferably on their tummy. And, and their goal, like what they're supposed to do is like the first step of progress that you hope they make is that they hold their neck up and like their neck gets stronger and then eventually they roll over on their back. And when Willow does that, like I celebrate. I'm like, way to go, Willow. And I feel like the best parent in the world. And then other times, like I put her down for tummy time and like she kind of struggles and like is getting frustrated, but then she still does it. And I'm like, way to go. And that feels like kind of good, but she still got frustrated. So I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And then there are some times when Willow just gets on her tummy and she's like, I don't want to do this. And she just starts screaming and she's like, ah, ah, ah. And I'm like, I am so sorry. I'm the worst parent in the world. Like you were happy. And then I put you on your stomach and now you hate life. You hate me. I would hate me too. This is terrible. Like, why would I just drop you on your stomach? You just drank seven ounces of milk. You know, this is crazy. But what I've learned is that even when she fails, she's making progress. That even when she lays down and completely just puts her head on the mat and I feel like she can't breathe, she is making <laughs> progress. In fact, in just a few months, she's gonna start to learn how to walk. And you better believe that when she walks, like there are gonna be so many moments where she's gonna take a step and then she's gonna fall. And then she's gonna take two steps and she's gonna fall even harder. But this failure is a part of her making progress. Failure is a prerequisite of progress. And here's my goal for 
every single person in the room tonight, no matter where you're at in life, no matter where you are when it comes to your own personal faith journey, whether tonight you'd be like, man, I'm just kind of starting out on my faith journey, or maybe you're like, I've been on this faith kind of journey of following Jesus and discovering more and more of who he is and who I am for a long time now, or maybe you're even like, I, I don't even know where I'm at when it comes to this whole faith thing. Like, I, I, I don't know if I'd even say that I, I have my foot in the door yet. No matter where you are at, my, my goal for every single person in the room tonight is that you can begin to let go of perfection and grab hold of progress. That you can let go of perfection and grab hold of progress. In fact, tonight, I just wanna take a look at this guy named Paul and the life of Paul and just a couple of things that he wrote. And if you've been around the church for any amount of time, you've probably heard of Paul. He's, he's mentioned pretty often, um, but maybe you've never heard of Paul before and that's cool. I'll catch you up really quick on Paul's life story. So Paul, um, at one point in his life was a rebel. Um, he was basically a first century terrorist. He, he persecuted and hated Christians so much so to the point that he literally went around murdering Christians. He killed Christians, that's what he did. Then eventually Paul gets to a point in his life where he is a famous Christian, like one of the most well-known in history. In fact, he, he wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament. The New Testament is the second part of the Bible, everything from the birth of Jesus on. So as you could imagine, to go from someone who murders Christians to someone who's going around making his life goal to tell everyone about Jesus, Paul went through a lot of series in his life, seasons in his life of progress, like if anyone can talk about what it means to make progress in your life, it's Paul. And he writes this letter to the believers, to the Christ followers who are living in Philippi. And this is where it picks up in Philippians chapter three, beginning in verse 12. He says, not that I've already obtained all of this or have already arrived in my goal. So Paul says, hey, I get it. Like I've made some progress. I've done some good things. He said, but I'm not there yet. Like I haven't arrived. I still have progress to make. He goes on. He says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Keep going. He says, brothers and si sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, keep going. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So Paul says, hey, here's the, here's the thing. Like I'm not there yet. Progress always assumes that there's a process. He says, I'm not there yet, but one thing that I know, one thing that I'm going to keep doing is I'm going to forget about what's behind me. I'm going to let go of my past. I'm going to let go of perfection and I'm going to press on. I'm going to focus on what's ahead and I'm going to press on. And I'm going to keep making progress. You know what I think Paul learned? I don't think he learned this overnight, but over time, I think he learned that following Jesus is about progress, not perfection. Following Jesus is about progress, not perfection. Some of you, myself included at times, we get this mixed up. We think following Jesus is about perfection and then you start to maybe make progress. Like we think we gotta clean some things up, we gotta get right, like we gotta stop doing this, start doing that. And if we can get pretty close to perfect, then we can begin following Jesus. No, 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 no. Following Jesus is about progress, not perfection. Because again, perfection is unattainable. When I was in high school, 
Um, I had this friend named Willie, and I didn't really become good friends with Willie until probably my junior or maybe even senior year. But all throughout high school, um, it just so happened that I had the same gym class as Willie. And it was kind of crazy. Like every year I'd be like, oh, Willie, we're in the same class again in gym. This is crazy. And um, at times, whenever there was like an optional activity, which was pretty often in my high school, our gym teachers were... um, kind of just lazy, and they'd be like, you guys do whatever you want, you know? Um, that's not all gym teachers, but that was my gym teachers. And, and so whenever there was an optional activity, which was often, Willie would just say, uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm not going to participate in this kickball, basketball, whatever the game is, badminton. I'm not going to do it. And Willie would decide just to take a seat on the bench. He'd be like, I'm, I'm cool. And the first like couple years of high school, I was like, no big deal. Like that's, that's his decision. You know, he just might not want to, like maybe he's not, he's not just not feeling it. He doesn't like sports. I don't know. But like in my third year of high school, junior year, I was like, man, this is weird. He literally never participates. And a lot of the times, like he's the only one that's not participating. And I started to think like there are guys and girls playing and people of all different skills, skill levels that are playing these like games and sports. And like, so there's no way that like he, he wouldn't be the worst player, you know? And even if he was, like, it's fine. There's a lot of other people who like aren't that great or that skilled at this sport either. And so one day I just decided to go sit down and kind of just chat with Willie. And it didn't take me long at all to figure out that he wanted to play that he loved sports, that he would talk all day about sports, like he was passionate about it. He'd go home and he'd watch sports. He'd play sports with his friends at home, but then he'd get to school and he'd get in this environment. And he was like, man, I think it's better if I just stay seated on the bench. And as I got to know Willie a little bit more, I learned the reason was because he felt like if he got up and decided to participate and get in the game and start to play, he was so worried that he wasn't going to be perfect. He was so worried that what if, what if I make a mistake? What if I miss a shot? What if I do something that's kind of dumb and like people laugh at me? And so he thought, you know what? Rather than risking not being perfect, I'll just stay seated on the bench. And you know what I learned in that moment? And you know what I was reminded of as I thought back on that story, on that interaction with Willie over my few years of high school? When we search for perfection, we normally find paralysis. In our lives, when we search for perfection, we normally find paralysis and we don't do anything. We don't move in any direction. We stop making progress and we take a seat on the bench. For some of you, this has happened in your relationships in life. And I'm not saying that there's not a reason for it, but you've gotten to a point where you feel like in order for you to get into any relationship that you have to be perfect. And you're like, okay, no, 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 no. And because of that, because of that search for perfection, you've fallen into paralysis and you've put this area of your life on the bench. That's why some of us in the room, speaking to guys, like you're like, I'm terrified to ask a girl out because what if it doesn't go perfect? And so you fall into paralysis and you're like, I'm just gonna stay seated on the bench. There's some girls in the room right now that wanna be like, amen. (laughs) For others of you, Maybe it's not relationships. Maybe for you, it's like your future. And you feel like you have to be perfect and you have to have everything figured out before you take a step. So what happens is, is you fall into paralysis and you don't do anything and you stop making progress and months and years roll by and you're just sitting on the bench. For some of you, it's, it's your faith. 
And you feel like, man, I've messed up and like, I gotta get things right. And you go to like this night at the living room and you're like, okay, yeah, I feel like I'm good. I feel like I'm good. And then you wake up on, on Tuesday morning and you're like ready to get off the bench and you're like, no, 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 I'm still struggling with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You fall into paralysis and you just sit right back down on the bench. You put your faith on the bench. And you know what? It's crazy is people will come and they'll, people that care about you, maybe your small group leader or a family member or a close friend, and they'll be like, hey, how are you? How are you in, in, in this area of your life? How are your relationships? And you know what we do? They're perfect. So good, man. My relationships right now are great. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's great. I'm making a lot of new friends and like, it's so good. Hey, how, how are things going like with next steps in the future? Like, man, are you, you, apply, you apply for that internship? You take that step? Did you, you know, have you started writing that book? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm thinking about it. I'm getting there. Like a lot of cool things are happening. Things are in motion. Hey, how's your faith? How's your faith? Like, oh man, never been better. I'm on fire right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really good. So good. It's perfect. And I get it. I get why we pretend to be perfect so oftentimes. Because sometimes perfect is the perfect cover-up. Sometimes if we can just convince people that we're perfect, it's the perfect cover-up. Because then they'll never know. They're like, oh, cool, awesome. Relationships are good, all right. And they'll just move on. Sometimes perfect is the perfect cover-up, but what if tonight is the night where you let go of perfection, you throw it down and you grab hold of progress? For some of you in the room tonight, tonight's the night where you need to let go of perfection when it comes to thinking that that's what it means to follow Jesus. And tonight you need to clearly hear the gospel or, or the good news of Jesus. That's what gospel means, good news. Tonight you need to hear the good news of Jesus. And if you never heard it, let me share it to you really quick in 30 seconds. Jesus came and lived on this earth. He lived a perfect life for you and for me. And he died on the cross for all of our sin and paid the penalty that we owed, but he didn't stay dead. He rose victorious over your sin and mine. And tonight he says, I wanna meet you right where you are. I don't want you to take all these steps and then I'll meet you here. I wanna meet you right here. And for some of you tonight, you just need to get up off the bench and realize that progress is made one step at a time. And tonight you need to take a step and you need to put your faith in Jesus. For others of you, maybe you've placed your faith in Jesus at some point in your life, but at some point along the way, like you got off track. And tonight the step that you need to take is you need to return back to Jesus and get back in the game because for too long now you've been sitting on the bench and just kind of put your faith right next to you. For others of you, maybe you've been following Jesus, but you're kind of stalled right now and you're not really sure what your next step is and your relationship with him. And so you're like, I don't really know. So you've just kind of stayed on the bench for a little bit too long. And tonight you need to take a step and you need to figure out what's my next step and you need to take it. Maybe it's to find community and to get into a small group. For some of you, it's been semester after semester after semester and you keep making excuses why you're not in a small group. Tonight might be the time for you to get in a small group because you need community. You need people around you that you're gonna have to fight through in order to throw your life away. Maybe for some of you tonight, your next step is just to show up again. Maybe your next step is to go and invite someone, tell someone else about your faith. Maybe for some of you, your next step is to go public with your faith through baptism. We have a baptism service at the living room coming up on April 15th. It's our last gathering of the spring semester. 
There's gonna be a bunch of you that are gonna take this step. We've made it really, really easy. All you have to do is text BAPTISM to 89800. You'll get a text back. It'll have a form for you to fill out your name, your email address, your phone number. That will start the process. It's that easy for you to get off the bench and take your next step. For some of you, this is the next step that you need to take. And you need to go public with your faith and say, I'm a follower of Jesus. Following Jesus is about progress, not perfection. So what's the step you need to take? Maybe it's time tonight for a progress report. And to say, man, for too long, I've been sitting on the bench. It's time to get back in the game. If you would, would everyone just bow your heads and close your eyes all across the room tonight? If tonight, um, you know that as I've been talking at some point, you feel like God has been knocking on your heart and tonight's the night where for the first time in your life, you know it's time for you to get off the bench and to place your faith and trust in Jesus. If that's you tonight, then I'm just gonna invite you to pray a prayer with me. And you need to know this prayer isn't special. This prayer doesn't save you. This prayer just solidifies what God is doing on the inside, in your heart. But if that's you tonight, I'm just gonna invite you to pray these words with me. You don't have to say it out loud. You can say it quietly. But would you just pray this? Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner in desperate need of a savior. I believe that what you did on the cross is enough to cover over my sins. And I'm choosing to place my faith and trust in you. And I wanna follow you for the rest of my life, the best that I know how. If you would keep your heads bowed in this moment, if you just prayed that, that prayer tonight, I would love it if you just um, look up and maybe just raise your hand, just shoot your hand up. If you made that decision tonight, that's incredible. I see you. I see you guys. Heads bowed still. I see you guys. I see you guys. It's amazing. Here's what I'm gonna ask in a second. At the top of the night, I said that we're a family. And if you don't know this yet, um, one of the things that we love to do that family does is we love to celebrate with and for one another when amazing things happen. And a bunch of people from our family just said that they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so I'm just gonna ask you if you're willing, you don't have to, but if you're willing, I'm just gonna ask you for three seconds of courage. And if you just made the decision for the first time in your life to put your faith and trust in Jesus, then I'm just gonna ask, would you be so courageous right now? Would you give us the opportunity right now to celebrate with you and for you? And would you just stand to your feet right now if you just made that decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus? Would you just stand up right where you are? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Man. That is so incredible. You can stay standing. You can stay standing. We're gonna have some people join you in a minute. That's amazing. Wow. Unbelievable. Hey, there's some other people in the room tonight. You guys can stay standing. There's other people in the room tonight that I know you took a step of saying, I need to return back to Jesus. And if that's you tonight, I would just invite you right now to stand. We'd love to celebrate with you as well. If you said, tonight's the night where I'm returning back to Jesus. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, come on, that's incredible, it's incredible. Hey, and then there's a third group of people that I invited and said, maybe tonight's the night where you have been following Jesus, but 
Tonight, maybe it's clear what your next step is. Is there anyone in the room that tonight's like, they're like, you're like, I know what my next step is and I'm gonna take it. I'm getting off the bench. I'm not gonna make excuses any longer. I'm gonna take my next step in my faith. Is anyone in the room tonight would just stand and say, that's me tonight. I know what my next step is and I'm ready to take it. Come on, come on. It's amazing. That's amazing. Come on. Yeah. Hey, everyone else in the room, can we just stand up in this moment? I'm gonna pray for us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. I thank you that you're a God that does not expect perfection. All you want is progress. I thank you that you're a God that you never give up on us. I thank you that you're a God that you continually chase after us. And there's no name greater, there's no name more beautiful than the name of Jesus. And for all of us in the room tonight, would we realize that you are so madly in love with us? God, thank you for what you're doing in this place, in this community. Would you keep doing what only you can do? It's in your mighty matchless name we pray tonight, amen.